When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. I'm Shane O'Hare of the Geekscape Games Podcast, the number one video game podcast on the Geekscape.network. Join myself, Derek Krenevelt, and a guest every fortnight as we discuss video game news, video game reviews, and dissections. That's Geekscape Games every two weeks on Geekscape.net. What's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to our brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. If this is your first Geekscape, we'll strap yourselves in for some pop culture talk. Movies, video games, comic books. Uh, what else we got here? We got some TV. If y'all are looking for a little bit of thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, just wrapped up on Disney+, Plus, that new MCU show, uh, go back in the feed right now if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, and you can hear Ian Kerner and I dissecting all six episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You're probably like, what are the Thunderbolts? Who are the Dark Avengers? What is all this stuff that might be in the future of the MCU that's hinted at in Falcon and the Winter Soldier? What are all these pieces? How does it all connect? You might be freaking out right now being like, wait, y'all are going deeper than what I thought of when I watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yep, that's the way it works. Um, Those Marvel specials, those discussion specials with Ian are some of the mainstays of geekscape i love doing them i learned so much whenever i do those episodes with geekscape so uh with i I learned so much when i do those episodes with ian um they're definitely worth your time especially if you're a fan of the falcon and the winter soldier i thought it was awesome so we won't be talking about it too much in this episode this episode hmm i have a feeling we're gonna be talking a little bit about that new movie that came out mortal kombat yep I know we're going to be talking about it because I've invited some friends to talk about it with me. Uh, that's what Geekscape's all about, is your friends and you discussing some geek stuff. We've been doing it for 15 years, and this episode's not going to be any different. Why would we start being different now? All right? We got here. We're geeks because we're different. That's how we got in this place. There's some comments already on the uh, chat. So if you all are using like Facebook or YouTube or Twitch and you're watching this live, throw up some comments. We got some friends joining the show. My good friend Lionel Severino. I met him on Clubhouse. He's a filmmaker. He'll be on the show later. Josh Jackson from Geekscape's own Geekscape Games. This dude 
is one of my favorite parts of Geekscape Games. It's another podcast we offer here in Geekscape. And I love having him on here because we're talking about Mortal Kombat. It's based on a video game, didn't you know? You thought it was based on my life? No, it's based on a video game. And of course, we got my good friend, Katie Alcesser. Hello! She's my co-host, and she's right here on the Geekscape. I am. Uh... Katie, what's going on? Oh, it's been a week. It's uh, it's Tuesday. Tuesday lemon. What what uh-huh. is this? <laughs> today is Tuesday. Thursday? Yeah, I have to check myself sometimes. I'm like, wait, you carry the one and uh, subtract by Wednesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday. The thing that I'm really worried about is that like when we get back to normal society and everything that we're actually expected to know what day it is. And I am so lost from day to day what day mm. it is. And I'm like, I don't even have the excuse of quarantine anymore. Like fully <laughs> vaccinated. Like I'm ready to roll. And <laughs> I don't know what day it is. Yeah. As if like my public norms weren't already completely unacceptable. Um, I actually felt like no offense like you know i lost an aunt during covid like i know you you're you, mark lost his father during covid like covid took a lot of things but yeah. um being like away from society also allowed me to be like my best self because <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I, I don't maybe belong in society so it, uh... it's so funny because like we're we're vaccinated now and so mark wanted to go eat out last night and i was like yeah or we could order in. <laughs> yeah. We can continue to be hermits. Uh, I have been going to movies. The movies are only 25% um, full uh, here in LA, at least. They they keep them at 25% capacity. So, uh, yeah, Heidi and I went to see um, Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. It was yes. fucking awesome. We we rented, we, we did the uh, direct to TV, but. Um, that that was amazing i was that actually was great. shocked by that one <laughs> that one was a lot of fun and then this past weekend in preparation for the oscars we went to see promising young woman and that wow. movie is beat for beat phenomenal that is her first film i thought everybody involved in that movie was awesome is it my favorite movie of the year i don't know between like i saw like sound of metal nomadland like this has been such an incredible year for movies it's a shame that we watched them all on our tvs I know, yeah, right, in our own living rooms, just, like, eating our own popcorn <laughs> and doing whatever. Our, our popcorn uh, is not as good as theater popcorn, and I know that, not. because I, every time I've gone to the theater to watch a movie, I've been to five movies since I've been fully vaccinated, because I miss them so much, I immediately make myself sick on theater popcorn. That's part of the experience. <laughs> um, Do you, like, when you make your own homemade popcorn, do you do the, like, melted butter on top? Because it just feels like it just shrivels all... I I try to make it, like, movie theater experience, like, you know, and get, like, heated up butter or whatever. It just shrivels the popcorn. It's just the worst experience. This is what I do. This is what I do. Listen, if you want the legitimate movie theater experience, this is how I do it at home, okay? First off, I I, I have my big TV, okay? So that helps. That helps. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and Heidi's next to me, so that helps because usually when I go to see a movie, Heidi's next to me. First thing I do, all right, is I take a bunch of shit and I hide it in the couch about a week earlier, right? Like stain it, spill a bunch of soda on it, like really get it nice and gross so that a week later it feels like I'm actually sitting in a theater. Next <laughs> thing I do is I turn the brightness up on my phone, okay? <laughs> and this is what I do. I take the brightness on my phone and I actually place it like in front between me and the TV right there. And then the other thing I do is I leave a computer on with 
uh, a podcast in the other room to get that sense that somebody's talking in the theater. <laughs> that way I have somebody talking in the theater, some assholes on their phone mm-hmm. and the, the seats are dingy. Uh-huh. And that usually gives me a better sense. At least that's how I survived the pandemic. I was like, I really need the theater experience. That's how I did it. Um, and you put uh, linoleum down on the floor on top of the carpet or something like that, so that you can uh, get that little like soda sticky. Like you gotta get that. On the like, kind soda. of movie I'm watching, if you catch in my drift, you know, not all theaters are on the up and up. What some does that mean? Are, uh, well, sometimes I go to theaters that are not acceptable for. Uh, you know, the straight and narrow, right? Uh, these are <laughs> adult, you know, sometimes I wear it, watch a movie in the confines of my home during the pandemic in a, in a trench coat. Oh, okay. so you're watching, you're watching the skin flakes. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm Amazing. kidding, Katie. That's, but, but I, I think that if you are still in the pandemic and you want to, you know, pretend that you're at the movie theaters, like make your, make your room as uh trashed out uh, you know as possible. it's good to know this is a really good how to it's how to make your own home into a a, a dumpy dingy dollar yep. theater <laughs> yep and, um yep, that makes sense like maybe i'll set up like a computer off to the side that has like an arcade game on it and then yeah. like put a bunch of like oh i take scissors and i and i like stab the couch cushions <laughs> I, I listen it's Times square circa 1978 or nothing as far as i'm concerned I want mine to look like a dingy 1975 porn theater, and that's where I watch my no, movies. That, that, that was that's clear. true cinema. That is true cinema, Katie. I don't have <laughs> no AMC rumble seats. Are you out of your mind? No, I don't got money for that. That's not how I go see movies. Arclight's not around anymore. We don't need that fancy stuff. We don't need dollar any theater. Yeah. Right here. I do dollar theater, and I make my living room look like a dollar theater. There, I... I have to mm-hmm. admit, there are some really good dollar theaters in LA. Um, I, that, no, what you're shaking your head. I, I, I don't really go to dollar theaters. They're so much fun. They're they're the movies that you don't really want to see, but you'd rather see it for a dollar. No, that's what Movie Pass was about. <laughs> movie Pass was uh, now you can yeah. Movie Pass to me was now you can see all those movies The Rock is in. <laughs> Now you can see, like, the now you can. I mean, the, like, no offense, Dwayne. Like, Dwayne, no offense, but like, skyscraper. What was the one where yeah, Rampage? Was... Rampage. Like, I'm uh, not gonna lie. I, yeah, I'm San Andreas. Like, in terms like, of like video game movies, Rampage. Not that bad. <laughs> not that bad. It's kind of tight. Had a yellow girl. I had like a, 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 a yeah. So Movie Pass was my ability to see some rock movies. Not to say that Fast Nine. I know he's not in it. Fast Nine. I'll be there. And I'll probably be there with my good friend and Geekscape Games regular, Josh Jackson, who's on the show right here, because we we introduce video game movies, and we're talking about a video game movie today. Uh, Josh, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Excited to be back on. It feels like it's been a while. It has been a while, but uh, you've been on Geekscape Games, so I feel like you've just been, I've been listening to you talk about video games and all that stuff, and I love it. Um, but talking about uh, video games, we got one more person. This person is a newbie to Geekscape. But when I met him on the clubhouse, I was like, oh, I feel like I know this dude like a like a like a brother of mine. He's the brother that if it was a horror movie, he'd be leaving in a basket case in the closet and like maybe be like a little mutant or something. Or he'd be like my quato, right? Like he'd be a little growth that like you 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 like cut off and then like hide or something. But he's still a brother to me. Mm-hmm. All right. And here he is right there. Leo, how are you? <laughs> I love that face, Leo. <laughs> Leo, you know this is also a podcast, so some of your visual jokes will not work for the podcast audience. But they should be on Facebook watching this. Then we appreciate it. 
Uh, Matt Kelly is backing us up. Matt Kelly, who runs the Geekscape Network and is a host of Horror Movie Night. He says, man, watching Skyscraper with you and Derek was legendary. Yeah. That's what what those movies are all about. Um, So we got Leo here. We got Josh here. Y'all are two video game aficionados. I know Katie's big on video games. To me, if we want to talk about Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat wasn't something that I really cared about and beyond just being complete, like, hilarious sensationalism like i just remember i think i think in arcades what this is what i remember first i remember pit fighter showing up and pit fighter had the same kind of live action actors acting in a fighting scene in like a fighting game and i was like holy crap this is the future of video games right here that they have live actors in a video game and pit fighter if y'all remember pit fighter was that jam street fighter 2 obviously changed the entire landscape of games not just fighting games but i mean i remember that thing showing up in arcade and a week after that thing showed up in an arcade street fighter 2 changed the whole culture of arcades it made them popular again it took people away from the consoles and now you had mortal Kombat, which kind of came on the out of the influence of that and combined the live action actors with it and it wasn't long before we had those movies in the 90s we got this new movie um i kind of want to ask katie leo and Josh, what their experiences are with Mortal Kombat. Because for me, I'm just not a Mortal Kombat kid. I mainly get my Mortal Kombat from listening to Josh on Geekscape Games. Wow. Yeah. I'll, I'll oh. let you guys go first. Yeah. Please. Katie, are you, a, are you a, a Mortal Kombat? I just know that I was, I mean, I wasn't drawn to it because most of my life I've been fighting an underground tournament. So <laughs> it was. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're part of a fight club. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, okay, Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. I'll talk about Fight Club. What are they going to do? Beat me up? That's the same Uh, thing they would have done when I show up. First rule. First rule. I'm going to get my ass beat either way. Um, I I honestly would love to hear Josh's opinion about this. I will say that my own... my love of Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and all of those kinds of games uh, mostly comes from the arcade, from the experience of being in there and uh, kind of going to a point where it was like, it's not just um, about like male, female or whatever. It's just about gamer and like going ham on a, a character and just having <laughs> a lot of fun. And, and also my second date with Mark, what we played Mortal Kombat against each other and it was a lot of fun and I kicked his ass. Um, I don't remember what character I played. I, I can't honestly can't remember. Um, maybe Sub-Zero. Maybe. I don't know. That's usually what I go for. But Josh, I would love to hear your opinion about all this. And- and Katie, Sub Zero is like your main on that. It is, unless somebody picks it. You know, like you want to like mix it up a little bit. Um, yeah, Sub Zero because he's got the fucking ice and everything, and like I love Sub Zero. He's so cool. Get over here, anyway. Josh, I would love to hear your opinion. Yeah. Um. Now I've been of a huge fan of Mortal Kombat pretty much since it came out, and. Jonathan, how you were mentioning how it all kind of started with Street Fighter, that was my foot into like fighting games. And when Mortal Kombat came out, well, I did play Pit Fighter 2 a little bit, but when Mortal Kombat came out, it was just like, it just stood out so much because obviously like the gore and the blood, there was nothing out there like that at the time when it first came out. So I remember it was either like at a Las Vegas casino or there's like the local arcade and my mom saw it and it was like, that's terrible. And would try to like kind of pull me away from it, but like she trusted me maybe a little bit too much, so I just kept playing it for 
as often as I can get away with it. And at that point, you could just find me at any laundromat, donut shop, or whichever place would have arcades back in the day. Yeah, Yeah, 7-Elevens. I remember there was a donut shop a couple blocks from me that got Mortal Kombat 2 before anybody did. And like every day, I'd just be asking my dad, hey, like after school, let's go straight to the donut shop and just sitting there for like an hour trying to figure out how to beat Shao Kahn until he drained all my money and my dad yelled at me for... I was a Genesis kid, so I definitely felt some sense of pride when the Mortal Kombat, when it was going to the Super Nintendo and the Genesis, the Genesis was the one you wanted because that was the one that had the blood. And in the Super Nintendo, it had green blood. So you'd be like, aha, you didn't get the real Mortal oh, Kombat. Not that I played it because I was a Sonic kid and I was like, well, I like platformers and you know, saving animals. Uh, I, you know, when you get your ass beat in middle school every day, you don't want to be playing no Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you know, it's like I just got my, I just watched my X Men comic get ripped in half from like my face being plastered into a locker. Why do I want to play Mortal Kombat? I haven't loved oh, no. violence in my life. Uh, Leia, what about you, dude? Like, you were pretty hyped for this movie. Oh yeah, man! It was. Uh, I was so hyped. I rented a theater. You did, did this you past really? weekend. Yeah, he got a bunch of friends together to run a theater, and he was like, "Don't worry, guys, this movie's going to be great." <laughs> I was I was promoting it like if I was part of the marketing, like uh, yeah. it was so. Bad. It was bad. So congratulations, Warner. Thank you. Um, yeah, <laughs> how did you, that pan out? Leo, yeah. run, Leo runs a Latinx diversity group on Facebook that I'm a member of, and I don't even I can't even tell that it's a Latinx diversity group because half the shitty posts in there are like. Mortal Kombat for like oh two weeks and I was like, dude, this isn't what is this? You're putting the movement back like listen, it was um, fifteen years. It was bad. But let me tell you my relationship <laughs> with Mortal Kombat when it first started. Yes, I was one of those geeks that would go into arcades and seven eleven and all that good stuff. I was the type that actually I would do chores to collect coins and I would yeah. go with my little brother with a sock. Full of coins. I know you guys remember those. Yeah, but that wasn't a weapon. I was just, I was just gonna say, did you so, so beat your brother after? After he, if he would have beat me in Mortal Kombat, I would beat him with that. You know, it's just two <laughs> for one, two, two for one special. But um, man, I remember as young, literally when it was first coming out, and they came out with the first brutal commercial that they had to go to court and all that stuff. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was just, it was amazing. And I, and I also remember the first Mortal Kombat. Which after you know after the movie, the Paul Anderson movie. No, I'm talking about the first game. That okay, they only got it. had like five characters. It was mm-hmm. Liu Kang, Scorpion, Sub Zero, um, Johnny Cage, Sonya, and um, I forgot which one. If it was Shao Kahn, Kano. Or... Was it Kano? Kano was there too. Kano was there, uh, but they had uh, I don't know if it was Shang Tsung or Quan Chi. One of those. One of those. But it was literally like six characters. And now you see like the mm. big plethora of characters and all that good stuff. So I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody, before you go watch this movie, definitely go on YouTube and, and make sure you, you educate yourself, right? I was that confident. And I'll stop there. That, that's uh, Well, another thing I can tell you is this. I, me and my brother was such a big fan that he would always be Sub-Zero and I would always be Scorpion that he would shower with freezing cold water and I would shower with hot, hot water when we were kids. Wait. That's how big of a fan we were. You physically scalded <laughs> yourself just to be closer to your character in a video That's game? I'm, I, I'm attached, bro. When I'm attached, 
I'm attached like that description that you said of me being your brother, but you have to cut me off exactly like that. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not blaming you. There, you know, when I got into the Donkey Kong, I was running around in public with a barrel throwing it at shit. But like, I don't <laughs> know if I like. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> uh, was he there's... climbing? climbing he's, he's, uh, he's he's climbing girders again. Uh, somebody go get Jonathan down. Is that normal? There. Why is he carrying that woman he's on his shoulder? Yeah, uh, somebody's gonna have to trank him. You know, I could end it up like uh, like that that girl in the zoo that got shot that oh, would have been God. bad um we've actually had a lot of mortal combat on geekscape but for not being a, a mortal combat person we've had like uh casper van Deen who played uh i think he played johnny in in the in the when that whole series came out from machinima we oh, had we had amazing. the we, we had the director on i think brian t who was in it was on the show that's where we became friends and then casper van Deen played johnny and uh johnny cage and like we've been friends ever since. Like I met him at an event for it, and now it's like we have like game nights at Casper's place. And I forget that we met when he was in freaking Mortal Kombat from Machinima. Oh no! You know um, that series was really good. They did a that really good job of that. Amazing when Michael J. White. Oh, bro, what? Mm-hmm. That yeah, that was a solid let series. Let me know when we talk about Mortal Kombat because I, I just let me know. Okay, but, well, we're, this is what Mortal like, Kombat's all about. Yeah, We're all going to talk just, about Mortal Kombat Just in case this like, anybody is like a little bit off on the history or like just anything, um, I have to recommend uh, High Score on Netflix. It's a really great oh, documentary series made by it. a couple of females, which are freaking amazing. Uh, they cover it. some of this stuff. It, it's a fantastic series. Uh, I hope that they do more, like exponentially more, because they only have like four or six episodes. But yeah. uh, if you need to catch up on the history or anything like that, definitely watch high score on netflix yeah i definitely binge watch that the whole thing and then they also have a movie version which will be another episode but um it's called movies that made you so uh yeah high score was amazing like literally and as i'm watching every episode it's that was like brought back to my memories as soon as i was playing every single game every single game they mentioned i played it it was great I love that they did an episode on Richard Garriott, Lord British, who was like one of my heroes growing up in Austin. I was like, that's the guy who like was a founder of Origin and made Ultima. And they spent a whole time talking about him in RPGs. And they talked about like the creators of King's Quest. And I, yeah, as Katie says, that high score series is awesome. And some of the, some of the episodes aren't necessarily like turning over stones of well-known stuff. Sometimes they get into the weeds a little bit. And I thought that was always huge too. Um, this Mortal Kombat movie, I wasn't a fan really of the Paul Anderson movies. I thought they were fine, but, um, this one, I'll admit, I was kind of looking forward to this one just with like the level of lunacy of seeing this stuff in streaming. Like I thought Kong versus Godzilla was hilarious. It wasn't necessarily like the greatest movie, but I thought it was fun in that how silly and over the top it was. And I was kind of looking forward to a similar film like this for Friday night. I knew I wanted to watch Mortal Kombat. I knew I wanted to have some silliness, um, was it too much or not enough? Like, what do you all think about this one when you think about what we just watched over the weekend? Um, I don't know if anybody else want to go. For me, it was not enough. Not enough. At all. But mm-hmm. go ahead, guys. You guys can talk. No, I just felt like it had a few good fight scenes here and there, but there were too few and far between. And like 75% of the movie was like exposition on stuff that we never saw. So it's just, I don't know. I was really looking forward to it too. I, you know, listened to all the interviews and the marketing and everything was really excited going in. And 
overall i just wasn't really wasn't happy with it i thought for what you can say about the 90s ones i thought the first 90s one was better they were amazing i was like i I was actually Hmm. keep going keep going what was your opinion of Katie? Like you said, the, the the why were the '90s ones so amazing? I think that first one was the one people liked, and then by the time you got to Annihilation, right. like people weren't into it, right? It was like it right. was kind of meh. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, like the the thing about Mortal Kombat is the gore, and like we did get that. We got we got parts of that. Um, here, the honest truth of this, it's been it's been a, a tough week of adulting and all that nonsense. So I definitely fell asleep three times during this movie. Um, <laughs> It's not necessarily to say it's the movie's fault. It's more my workload. But I will say that, like, there were points where I was just like, I get what's going on. I'm okay if I just knock off. Um, so, and I did. And that's the unfortunate part. But of what I saw, the I mean, I loved, you know... it might have been I woke up at one point but I I loved when somebody like reached in grabbed somebody's heart and like punched it through their back and I was like this is what Mortal Kombat was about like those those brutal fatalities you know like that was the thing that made it so insane and like oh my gosh I can't believe they're showing this I can't believe they're doing these kind of insane fatalities uh it definitely kind of waned after a minute <laughs> i think the opening is actually pretty good and the opening yeah. almost got got heidi to watch the movie and sure that, that was like my trick was i was like i want to try to see if heidi will watch this like let's see how far heidi gets on this thing so i was really invested in the movie as far as like the level of ridiculousness that this movie <laughs> was so i thought the opening scene was actually really good the establishment uh, the establishment of this kind of ancient blood feud between yeah. like uh, sub-zero and scorpion or whatever their different sects are f- from one of them's from like the other world one of them's from our world that whole like mythology stuff like that like it's paper thin and i didn't really need it to be that dense but right. i thought it was fun and you know there's enough craftsmanship in that first scene that i thought it was actually really good when things start getting to modern day earth i feel like you get that slow down and it, Heidi left the room about 30 minutes towards the ending. And I really like, it wasn't fun anymore when she was no longer suffering through the movie. I was like, why am I still watching this? Like she's not commenting on how bad it is. Um, But that being said, by that point I'd seen Jax get his arms frozen and ripped off, which I was super down with. And I get to see him have like awesome lines. I get to see, uh, I thought, I actually think the Sonya Blade Kano fight is actually pretty well done because it goes through several stages. And I thought that was great. And the ending's hilarious. But seeing them fight in a bathroom, go through a window, fight outside, fight inside, I thought that was actually one of the better fights. And ultimately, like having some of the classic fatalities was huge. Scorpion's fatality, that was deserved and that was earned because his relationship with like the hell that he had been in for years. But obviously, the one that I love the most is when Bird Lady gets cut in half by the spinning hat. It was pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, I was a little disappointed that when Jax didn't kill... The person he was fighting that we didn't see him fight and fall into the pits that's, of spikes okay, so, like you're guess. literally fighting over the pit of fight uh, like that's, you're fighting well, over the pits of like the pit of spikes from the game have them fall out of the pit of spikes it's listen, like listen. it's like the thing it's like the necessary i'm like, like i understand well, yeah. oh my god sorry i'm just that, i mean that's one of the that's one of the issues with the movie though like you're calling her like bird lady and the guy jack's fought <laughs> like i'm probably the, yeah. the only person i know who didn't hate mortal kombat 4 
But even I was like, you know, both of them are characters that were only in Mortal Kombat 4 that everyone yeah. hated so much that they never came back. And there's they no guarantee of die, a second. Right? Yeah, and there's like there's no guarantee of a second movie, and those are the characters you decide <laughs> to put into it. You <laughs> yeah, know? movie. Like well, I'd have been pissed. Listen, listen. It's a, it was a tease. Uh, what I can say is this: if you watch the teaser for Mortal Kombat, you watch the whole movie. That's the way I see it, right? Because the most interesting part of the movie was Mortal Kombat and Sub Zero, and there and and uh, yeah, Scorpion, Scorpion, and, and guys. Scorpion, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. But so, even like we, we had this tournament that we talked about that we didn't actually get into and like No, but that's was, the thing. They did get into it, but they just that's that's the thing. Our, our the fan, you know, the fanboy of our, like us being fans, we know what the tournament is. But they thought that they did the tournament because Cole told Raiden how to get the the tournament started. Hey, Raiden you can teleport people to different places, and Raiden's looking at him like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I can, bro. You just did that to him when he was talking with his wife. You just you, he did it with his, he did <laughs> it with what? one of his ancestors as a baby. Like, yeah, in the Raiden very should, beginning, Raiden so should know telling, how to teleport people. That's so. my point. So why is Cole telling this guy how he can use his power? Like he came up with the whole sure. idea of the tournament. Um, like, what? Yeah, and, and and Cole just no. got his, his Cole was somebody who didn't even have a power until he discovered his Faberge and egg power. Check this out. <laughs> exactly. And because of what you're saying too, Jonathan, check this out. Storytelling. Right? Before he got zapped back to his his family when he was defeated and felt like yeah. he's never gonna get his thing. He yeah. told Raiden verbatim, looked at him in his white eyes and said, I'd rather die fighting for my family. He can't get his thing and he's already running away. Oh, I'll just go to my family. Dude, you said you'd rather die. Just keep training until you die, if that's the case. And he goes back to his family crying with his tails between his legs. <laughs> what? Like, it just makes no sense. Why are you going to tell Raiden that you'd rather die, teach me everything? And then when he feels like he's never going to get these powers, he's he's zapped right to his family. And then comes back and say, hey, Raiden, you can, you can teleport people, right? Bro, you just witnessed it. He got you back. <laughs> like, I just don't understand. It was, it was I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like we really should talk about how bad of a character Raiden is in this movie. It's yeah. like we like the nice. the thing that was like the, this is early in the movie too, and one of the biggest tip offs that this thing was going downhill quick was when I think the bad guys are all having their like evil council meeting or whatever, and they're like, it's a oh, if, we, "If we kill them, they're like if we you know if we kill the Earth Warriors, that'll be cheating, and we can't let Raiden know that we're cheating." And then they proceed to spend the rest of the movie doing that right in his in Raiden's and house, his and he never he never cares or does anything <laughs> well, about it until the very yeah. end, like that Le- where Leo that is, is talking funny. about. That's when, funny. when they get themselves like strapped up in that temple with like the protection protective barrier, you realize that that movie is basically turning into a super powered, uh, like like kung fu version of Home Alone. <laughs> and the bad guys are just breaking into this temple to kill everybody and they're defending it. And I was oh, like, uh, okay, I'll watch this. Um, <laughs> ultimately as a commentary on Japanese and Chinese historical relations and political relations, how did you think that the movie was? Or as a commentary on Chinese uh, annexation of Taiwan, what did y'all think about the subtlety of that topic in the film? Um, I think that, they spent, I think they spent five minutes telling us that Sub-Zero and Scorpion hated each other for some reason and then never really went back to it. Yeah, right, right? Well, I 100%. I... And then this is my question. Let me ask this question if I can. Um, 
why was Sub Zero fighting with Nether Realm when he's from Earth, where Scorpion's from? Like, it's, yeah, that's what I was wondering. That's too. why I bring we up got... the social political commentary that this movie blatantly was putting that's in our what faces. I'm like, like it just like... this movie is about the history of Japanese Chinese political involvement, and if you can't see that, if you can't see past a bunch of Scorpion and Sub-Zero stuff to see the political statement that this movie is making free Hong Kong, then I'm sorry. I can't help you. This movie is a masterpiece. One of the best political films of all year. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. I think that's a, um, I have spoken. A, an insulting, an insulting comment towards political. Cause this movie wasn't <laughs> that good. Uh, but I'm so sorry <laughs> to say this, but, but listen, it's just, Let's go back to the barrier, the wall that Raiden created, right? And also, I, I describe Raiden as a person that was going through, like, he might he might have diabetes. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> but, uh, but, and I can say, my Why? mom had diabetes. This dude looked like he wasn't a Lord of Thunder. Like, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, no, God, uh, Thor is a Lord of Thunder. He's the, he's, the, he's the God of Thunder. Sorry, the God of Thunder, basically, right? And yeah. so... And so the God of Thunder looks like that. Like, are you serious? Like, not for nothing. Like, you know, really? Yeah. Raiden? I thought it was kind of. I thought it was weird when I think when all the heroes first came together and they were all like a foot taller than Raiden. Yeah, <laughs> I was just kind yeah, of like, like, what? What kind of God like, is this? <laughs> and I, it was part of part of it was how he car- he carried himself. Like, he didn't really feel like he had any kind of authority or whatsoever like, until his eyes lit up. Guys, I mean, not, but not even that. Not even that in this movie. Not even this. Check the difference between this movie and the classic movie where he's sitting in the classic movie on the stairs and all these bad guys have already attacked um, Johnny, Sonya, and um, uh, Liu Kang. And he just looks and he looks up and he just his thunder comes out of his eyes and he's like, uh-uh-uh. And everybody like backs up. That's the power of a god thunder. Like, yo, we can't mess with this guy because he just, he'll zap us all out of here, right? Yeah, and but then- wasn't that... Christopher Lambert, who's playing him in the wild movies, like but the Highlander that's my himself. Point. That's my point, right? Christopher well, Lambert of Greystoke. Of Greystoke, yeah. <laughs> but he did good. He did good. For me, he did good on the classic movie. Here, and I was kind of like, what? Now, my thing is with this, with the with the with the barrier of Raiden putting the barrier, right? My guy, you was just zapping people in and out, and at the end of the movie, you zap Quan Chi out of the. He, he's talked too much. Why don't you do that when the, he came to your house to kill everybody? <laughs> it just, it makes no sense. Like the story wasn't well prepared for me. It messed, it let so much information out to the point where it's like, we have um, uh, uh, Melina, which is a clone of Kitana, but where was Kitana, right? They don't show that. That's what the original story is, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, but then if Liu Kang's there, why don't you put Kitana? They're a love interest, right? She's basically the person that, Helps Liu Kang find his inner inner dragon in Mortal Kombat. Um, also, in the original, this is not a spoiler, guys, because this is all over the video games and comics. But Sub Zero is not the real person that kills uh, Scorpion's family. Um, it's uh, what's his name, uh, Quan Chi, right? Quan Chi. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. He manipulates as Sub Zero and kills all Scorpion's family, and Scorpion goes after revenge by killing Sub Zero. So if they would have made the story how it is, like right now, like Sub-Zero is fighting for another realm, they should at least hint that it was Quan Chi, right? Pretending it's Sub-Zero. Do something with that. It kept it as if it was Sub-Zero from the beginning to the end. And I was just like, all right, you guys are not even... How much research you did, like you said in the behind the scenes, how much research did you guys do? You know, and that's really what let me down. 
I'm sorry. It, yeah. did, it did feel like it was more about the spectacle of it than it was about like the story of it. Like right. that, that never seems to be. Did you want story from a Mortal Kombat movie? Is ultimately what no, and that, but... that's the thing that you like. You kind of have to go into that. Like I, I wasn't expecting but... like an amazing story, but like I would. You've got so much lore. You've got so much like history of this game of all these. Katie, characters. it's a Mortal Kombat movie. What I did know. you want from this? But, I saw no, a bird I mean, chick like, get no, cut in half by a hat. <laughs> real though like like i understand like i i didn't go into it expecting like uh, no man yeah. land i'm Katie, not expecting that you know this bird chick got cut in half by a hat <laughs> it was tight as fuck it was cool it was cool and i do Dude's i do arms I got frozen they fought this chameleon thing that I they couldn't know. see and so they did something to light it on fire and then they could see it and they killed it this chameleon I, thing i don't know what was happening in this I movie know. When y'all are talking about this movie and what's happening in it, I don't, I don't, that's not the movie I saw. I saw a movie where a bunch of shit was happening and I was like, this is pretty badass. <laughs> it, that, this movie so, was exactly what I thought it was. It was lunacy yeah. on an amazing scale with ridiculous fights. And I was like, it's a shame Heidi's no longer in the room to see this because... I just saw a bird should get cut in half by a hat. And but, where else am I going to see this? Hold on, Jonathan. If your attention span is like that, bro, and it is, and you know that? Like that, that's crazy. And I the, said I was going to put you on blast. This dude just he was he was there meditating and just jumped on the chick and killed her. That's it. There was nothing interesting about that. But like, but here's, happens- here's the thing, <laughs> London. When when you watch the Mario Brothers movie, when you oh watched it. And you know all the different things that you know about the Mario Brothers. And all this shit that they added, all this shit that they, like, you know, messed with. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Apart Don't from the fact smirch. that John Lee was emo. Don't be smirched, <laughs> the Mario Brothers movie and Bob Hoskins, the incredible Bob Hoskins. If you've you read, know that they drank because they could not get through a day of if, filming. If you have read the amazing book Console Wars by long <laughs> Geekscape friend Blake Harris, you will know... That that Mario Brothers movie was not what it was intended to be. Not it at was all. originally going to be written by the Richie Rich writers. It was going to be kid oriented. It was going to possibly be starring Tom Hanks or Dustin Hoffman. Japan did not sign off on either of them. After the success of Roger Rabbit, they went with Bob Hoskins, who was not prepared for it. They had a very sound director for the film, but they <laughs> lost him at the last minute. And Japan selected the music video directors behind Max Hedrum to bring an edgy approach to Mario. That was no Mario Brothers movie, and you know that there's a Mario Brothers movie coming from Blue Sky Studios. This is from someone someone who owns the movie. I own the movie. Breathe, Jonathan, breathe! (laughs) Katie, do you own the movie, or does the movie own you? Because there's only (laughs) one good video game movie, as far as I'm concerned. There's one video game movie that I like that is the best, and that is this one. The Blue Blur, Sonic the Hedgehog. He's my guy. He's a bunch of mowed lawns so that Jonathan can buy a Sega Genesis and play it. He couldn't even wait till Sonic. Young Jonathan bought it with Altered Beast. And then he spent the rest of his money on Sonic when that came out. But, here, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. The compare the comparison that I, I was saying. And forgive me. I, I, let me just get this out. Um, Sonic was... Sonic was such a good movie and like uh, it was like it was so much fun. It had all the lore built in. It, it had all the little special. Yes, the ending. I was literally in the theater. It was one of the last times it was in the theater. It was one of the most amazing moments when the gotcha. ending happened and we were okay. all just like, ah! Oh! I can't wait. Like, I really can't wait. That- that was like was like okay great we can make video game movies and we can make them fun. Mm. Now 
then I I take a look at Mario Brothers. I take a look at Mortal Kombat. I'm like, we're just not there yet. Katie, I saw a bird woman get cut in half with a hat. <laughs> and well, I don't know what you to... want from cinema. I saw a bird woman get cut in half by a hat and her entrails fell out. So, it was quick, tight. No, like uh, my thoughts on it, like I really want to get the point across first in my opinion at least i don't really care as big of a fan as i am i don't really care if it sticks strictly to the lore like if they want to have creative freedom to craft whatever story they want then i'm willing to give it a chance but the thing is if you're gonna break away from the established story then it needs to be good because at that point you're unshackling yourselves from the confines of the established storyline so you know if you want to make sub-zero from outworld for some reason or whatever like even the Sonic movie wasn't necessarily faithful to the to the games right. one for one, but it was still fun, and they still created something different, but that was still entertaining to watch. But but new and exciting, to, yeah, right, exactly. But then in this case, I feel like once you break away from the established lore, then there's really no excuse to make th- something that's even more boring or something that makes even less sense than Mortal Kombat, which is a feat in itself because Mortal Kombat barely makes sense as it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's very true. Pretty much. So, and on top of that, I just, I wish we had, because we're talking about Sonic, how amazing it was, right? Yes. Yeah. Maybe in Sonic 2, we get to see but, a bird lady but, get cut in half by a hat. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but let's talk about what happened before Sonic came out with the CGI and the audience had something to say. You get what I'm saying? Like, dude, right, we're not going to be watching this weak ass Sonic over here, not even looking like a Sonic, you know, with this crazy freaking shoes and all that good stuff. People had something to say, right? Now we could wear Sonic. You get what I mean? And now now they had to invest so much money to remake it because the fan loved it. You know what I mean? That's what I expected from Mortal Kombat. Please give us a chance to let you know what we like and what don't we like and then fix it. That's it. So Josh wrote something on on our Facebook group at Geekscapist. If you're watching this and you want to be a little bit of a conversation during the week, go to Facebook and join the Geekscape Forever group where we get down on some of these comments. Uh, throughout the week and i invited josh on the show because he had a great comment about the story uh and why it just didn't work and i'll admit as much as that bird lady got cut in half by a hat and i loved it this movie doesn't necessarily work on a story level and fat alice on youtube one of our longtime fans uh you know what you're not a fan with geekscape you're one of us you're a geekscapist so Fat True Alice, family. I know you've been around. Your family. Uh, you said it felt like the first three episodes of an eight-episode series. And that's a comment that Josh made, that he felt like it was leading into something else that we never get to it. Like you said, it, it talks yeah. about a tournament. We never see the tournament. Josh, elaborate on that, because I think you agree with Leo that the Scorpion and Sub-Zero relationship felt like the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was also surrounded by a lot of noise. Right. Yeah, I think what I, the way I said it on Facebook was something along the lines of it felt like the end of a movie that we never saw and then the beginning of a movie that never started. And hmm. what I mean by that is like the whole beginning of the movie and not even the beginning, like the whole premise of the movie is that when Sub-Zero killed Scorpion hundreds of years ago, which is another weird thing, like in the games, Sub-Zero is just a regular human and this he's like centuries years old or he's been alive for centuries or whatever the case is. But regardless... The whole premise is that when he killed Scorpion, he set off this shockwave of events that would lead to like Outworld almost taking over Earth, right? But outside of the first eight minutes of the movie, we know nothing about Scorpion. We know nothing about Sub-Zero. We know nothing about their conflict. 
and so the whole premise of right so like the whole foundation of the rest of the movie is built off of something that we know nothing about and even as someone that i who's played the games and knows like the gaps to fill even i was kind of confused as where they were going because that's when it kind of clashed because they're expecting me as a fan to be able to fill these gaps but then later when they change the lore then it doesn't match with those gaps that i'm filling you kind of get what i mean Mm-hmm. So by the and then so by the end of the movie, they spent so much time building up this tournament, and then yeah, Raiden kind of teleported people into one-on-one scenarios so they would have their one-on-one fights, but that never was officially part of the tournament. So they built up a tournament that essentially never happens, and pretty much all of the bad guys that we see, except for Shang Tsung, end up like end up getting killed. I mean, they make some offhanded comment implying that they can bring them back, but. Regardless, it's like half the bad guys are dead without the tournament ever starting. We spent 45, 50 minutes of the movie explaining a tournament that never happens. And it all hinged on the backstory of these two characters that we know nothing about. And I just kind of feel like if this was the route that they wanted to go, it would have been much better served if they had just done a full-on Scorpion and Sub-Zero prequel movie which would have set up this movie that could have gotten into the tournament instead of spending so much time establishing mm-hmm. Sub-Zero and Scorpion. And even then, they didn't even really establish them properly to begin with. I thought that was a good idea to have a Scorpion and Sub-Zero prequel movie. And then, you know, Warner Brothers has a bit of a Marvel universe on their hands with bringing in together the Mortal Kombat universe. It kind of lends itself a little bit more to like spinoff movies. You can have a Johnny Cage movie and different things. Uh, Fat Alice is back and says, the first half of the movie, I thought it was going to be a sports underdog archetype story. And when it wasn't, I was pretty disappointed. Yeah, you have this whole sequence in the gym. You have this whole sequence about like, I used to fight better. Now I don't. Maybe I have to get it back. You know, this relationship with his daughter. who felt like his little sister, but whatever. And, uh, I thought it was his little sister, and I thought the other person was a girlfriend. I don't know what was happening. But um, I liked the character, and I liked some of it. But then it just starts It starts shifting into, like, we don't really know what the movie is. Um, but ultimately, I got to see a bird lady get cut in half with a hat. <laughs> you We're going to stick with that. We're going to stick with that. See, Honestly, they, see they I feel like I'm in the minority. Movie. I didn't mind Cole. Like, anytime I go online yeah. and I see what people say about it, the main complaint I see is, like, Cole sucked. He was unnecessary. He was boring. And I like kind of what I was saying earlier, I don't mind if you change the story as long as it's good. And I'm not saying Cole was good, but I didn't mind him as much as it seems like a lot of other people did. No, he was a nice entry into the movie. Like, like he was a, like he's the person who is your entry to the movie. He has to be a little bit oblivious to this history. And then you discover it through his eyes. I thought he was a good kid and, and it was fun. And, uh, I, I, the first half of the movie, I didn't totally mind it. It does go off the rails. Uh, but I do want to ask y'all, um, Will there be a sequel to this movie, and what would you say it should consist of? A tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at bare minimum, at bare minimum, it should absolutely include a tournament. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, 100%. man. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree. The tournament and an explanation. Yeah. That's it. So for me, this is the thing that really got me a little confused, to be honest. Cole's Arcana, which is the dragon symbol that gives them the ability of gaining these powers, was based off his daughter's bracelet. So that's why, yeah, I don't know if you guys noticed that, but that's why Cole was a little bit, it was it bothered me a little bit because uh, when he triggered his Arcana, 
you see that the bracelet starts bringing all these fabric metal type things to give him his power. Right. What would happen if his daughter never gave him that bracelet? What kind of what would happen with his arcana? He is Scorpion's, uh, I guess, descending, uh, yeah. descending right? Yeah. But what would happen if he, you know, Zabzer was chasing him for like half of the whole movie, that bracelet fell off, then what would happen with his arcana? What would be his power? I just feel like there's so many characters in Mortal Kombat already. Why keep creating more when it's really unnecessary? Like you really Cole don't... is a playable character, right, Josh? Like Cole is a character no. in the game. Not that right? I know. Right? He was just... created just no, for this movie. Like, I literally shouted at the screen like Goro just got killed by the creator character. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 oh my god. Like yeah, yeah. he was this is the first time he has a like literally a cameo basically. And, yeah. Are they even planning on adding him as a playable character? They might. I don't think so. That, like... they, to be honest, maybe, they I might mean, because uh, Mortal Kombat's so having an updated. Yeah, Mortal Kombat's yeah. holding a, a huge update, and so they're saying that he might be a playable character. Mm-hmm. But it's just really think about it, guys. His Arcana, like first of all, it's his outfit that absorbs energy. If I'm not mistaken, absorbs energy and he can kind of like trigger it to whatever part of his body. That's the um, Black Panther's vibranium. Suit. That's what I'm saying. Like it just makes no sense. Straight and, <laughs> and he can also create weapons with more of the energy that he gets. Yeah, in. you can make sticks out of your arms. I just don't. It just makes no sense to me as far as like okay, like I felt like the Arcana, the the power that it gives you, it's actually that was creative. Like I, I don't mind that. Like. Yeah, if you're chosen, you might need that superpower to go fight other other creatures from other realms. I get it. But now you just, like, what? It's just, it's triggered. Like, if I grab this snowball mic, am I going to have an awesome, like, vocal cords in my throat? Like, to talk louder from my arc? I don't let's get it. I just, no, let's, let's no you're just going to throw a bunch of snowballs. That's all. Maybe. Yeah, you'll be like Maybe. an elf. You'll be like an elf. You can throw snowballs really uh, fast. Pretty much. But look, last, uh, the last thing I want to mention before uh, we move on to the next question is... That's what the trailer kind of hint us that it was going to be a more a, a Scorpion versus Sub Zero story, right. you know, and that's what we were. I think that's what we were all expecting because it was the right move to do, you know. It was the right move just to set us up, you know. Or now, now do a series. You are partnering with HBO. Make a series. Make a series. Like again, the trilogy, the Mortal Kombat trilogy was awesome. The one that they created for you know Machinima, it was awesome. So now that you can now that you know that you can make an hour worth of series episodes, why not build that whole Mortal Kombat uh, world? You know, because there's multiple worlds in there. You cannot fit that in an hour, dude. That they Justice League in four hours, and Mortal Kombat for me, the world is even bigger than that. You get what I mean? So it's why it's not. not- it's not bigger than the DCU. Jonathan, you can't well, tell me this because you told me right. you're not a big fan of Mortal but, Kombat, so you can't tell me this. The, so. the, new, oh, the newest games, the newest games, like literally just ended with them going into like a, the second loop around in a multiverse. So they're mm-hmm. getting there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's happening. Uh, yeah, it sounds it like they're giving point. themselves they're giving themselves like an out of taking the story wherever they want. This story ends with a cliffhanger, a little bit, a little bit of a like a Marvel esque tease where it's like, oh, he's going to Hollywood, and you see a, a Johnny Cage poster but like are we, we gonna see, gonna see a, a, a sequel to this movie they're trying to set up they're trying to set it up to getting a sequel mm-hmm. um i just feel like it could be a little too late you get what i'm saying because also you know um studios they depend on on you know numbers revenue uh yeah. revenues uh you know statistics and there's a lot of fans disappointed you know there's a so lot we're of fans disappointed. not gonna see two birds this might be i would <laughs> maybe not <laughs> 
But this might be kind of a situation of, you know, the DC universe where they have 15 Batmans, six Superman, 17 Jokers, et cetera, et cetera. Just trying to find out who's going to be the right one. This might be in a, a, a situation. But For Mortal me, Kombat has gone into dormancy as a, as a, as a property before it was dormant before the, before DC versus Mortal Kombat brought it back. It was dormant before the Machinima series brought it back for a little bit. And they decided, Oh, let's, there's a little fan base here. Let's make a game for it. Like Mortal Kombat. Does it feel like it's just going to go back into dormancy a bit, Josh, and uh, until something else comes out? I mean, the games are way too popular at this point for it to go dormant as a franchise. But I think the uphill battle that any movie has to climb is that the, um, the most recent Mortal Kombat games have been really revolutionary in storytelling and fighting games, and they're all pretty much movie quality anyway. So on top of making a good movie, when it comes to pleasing the fans, you're already competing with the games themselves, with which have like multi-game coherent storylines that interweave so many different characters and plot lines and canons at this point, because like I said, the most recent game ended with like the third multiverse essentially is going to be starting with the next game so the storytelling on the games have gotten to such a level that the the movies are going to have a hard time competing with that and that's with it within its own franchise let alone all the other movies that are coming out you know on a weekly basis i don't think we've thought about that i mean i haven't thought about that the fact that like a big problem that they have in competing with the movie versions is that video games are really taking over as the narrative for any kind of property like they are kind of the big gorilla now for any narrative property is like the video game is kind of more important than the movie at this point so why would it be so important for the movie to be any good you know i mean well for, the, for people like us i think i just want to see a lady get cut in half by a hat you, you know what you did better. you did yeah, no, you did you, you got, got it, it. You got it. You okay I, I went to bed that night pretty satisfied while over in new york Leo had to pay a bunch of people back for renting the theater. Leo, did you have to pay everybody back for having rented the theater after you hyped up the Mortal Kombat movie for three straight weeks on Facebook? No, they actually felt bad for me. And they're like, just keep the change. (laughs) You dragged them out to a multiplex. I left the theater. I left the theater with like a blanket and a little cup. Yeah, they were like, Leo, don't walk walk into traffic. It was bad. It was bad. Um, But no, but Actually, because of the the rental of the theater, um, a lot of people enjoyed the experience due to the fact that we can rent our own theater. It was maxed for 20. uh, That was the cap because of the COVID. But we all had a good time because since we all knew each other, we can talk and it wouldn't be as annoying as a random person talking. So we can talk and we're like, yeah, what the heck happened? Or, whoa, that that fatality was awesome. And then when we all saw the pit, everybody's like, oh, it's going to happen. And and nothing happened. I will tell you, this is exactly the kind of movie, as silly, as as fine as this movie was watching it in my living room, like, this is the movie I wanted to, want to, I wanted to watch with Matt Kelly and Derek and Josh in a theater, yelling at the insanity the that this movie was. Yeah, well, that, like, this is the movie I wanted, I wanted Katie to be hanging out with me and being like, what the just happened what was that <laughs> falling asleep I, in the back yeah i would have oh, totally. i would have loved to be in a rumor i wasn't the only one laughing when um <laughs> jacks had said i think he told cole that johnny tobias told him he would be here and i was like am i the only one who caught that and my wife's looking at me like i'm an idiot but um if like or not it's eddie tobias is what he said actually. Eddie, so eddie, ed, yeah. ed boone and john tobias who are the creators of mortal kombat 
like he just threw in some random like comments like uh eddie tobias told me i'd find you here and i'm like howling by myself <laughs> <Yeah>. while my <laughs> wife that's so a funny. deep that's a deep that was cut. hilarious deep cut. Mm-hmm. okay so moral combat was not a uh flawless victory i'm guessing no it was uh, no. it was maybe a toasty, but other than that. <laughs> Although I do want to, I do want to say I appreciated the scene where Liu Kang kept sweep kicking Kano over yes, and over again, yes. over and, and then over he again, tries yeah. a, and then he tries to jump over it, but he gets <laughs> the timing like, off just slightly, and he sweeps him again. And he's like, "Is that the only move you knew? You know? You know?" And I was yeah, like, yeah. "Oh yeah." I love That's that. Him. That was actually one of my highlights just because we all did that playing the video game. We all you had, had to at yeah. one point. That was that was I I did appreciate that part a lot. I really did. It was amazing. Yeah, wow. there was a lot of fan service. There, there were shots that were from the fatalities. There was a lot of yeah, that stuff yeah, of course. It, honestly, the the I gave it a four out of ten, and the reason why I gave it a four out of ten was because of all the fatalities. Um, I even liked the um, what do you call it? The not the X-ray, but the um, when Sub Zero basically built that wall and made a sword out of scorpions. Yeah. I wanted to see more of that, but with all the other character, right? Because that's another big thing of the new video game. They all have their unique powers where they can actually trigger it to do their special ability, I guess. Um, and so I would, I would, I would have loved to see one for you know Scorpion. Um, I would like to see, uh, you know, uh, John uh, Kano's Kano's. I would love to see him at least do the the flipping thing. That's one of his big. That's what he's known for. And yeah. also, Kano was my one of my favorite characters in the whole Mortal Kombat. He was he was definitely he was fun and he leaned into his character and he was, he was really just as annoying as he should be like yes. he was he was a fun character. When it was Absolutely. time for him to go though, I was fine with him going. Fine. I was yeah. like, well, of, course, you, of course, you choose. But, but, yeah. but even even him going the way he went can still build. It has an opportunity to still build him up to losing his arcana, losing his power, but having his faith. Obviously, with that thing in his eye, he can still because of the whole you know cyborgs, move um, cyborg and all that stuff. He can still build in a laser eye and still have his power like he misses yeah. it. You know? Yeah. So there's yeah. still a story that can happen there. Uh but everybody else, I'm not just don't know well, how how we that's can bring one- it back. That's one thing I'm worried about a little bit going forward too, is because there was so much one of the cool things about Mortal Kombat is there's a subtext of like technology versus magic where there's yeah. certain yeah. characters that fight with yeah. powers versus like tech. And so when Jax's powers, like his arms are just really shitty until he awakened his arcana and it was his arcana that gave him the metal arms. Yeah. That kind of disappointed me because I'm like, now like everything is just wrapped around this, this idea, the arcana idea that it's like, he can't even have his cool metal arms without it having to have some kind of a magic side to it. So like, you know, going forward, you know, they could do whatever they want if they make another movie, but it would be weird if like Kano all of a sudden had this super, high tech thing without his arcana whereas yeah. Jax had to go through the whole movie being completely useless until his arms decided to grow. So <laughs> that was weird. That was, that was I, I expected yeah. him to just have the big arms if he had these I, weird skeletal arms. Yeah, I expected him to probably at least bring in the 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 cybots. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like bring okay. it in some way, somehow. Like they're probably convert they're trying to convert him into a full cybot, but they only just got to the point where they made his arm and Sonya came and saved him. You get what I mean? Yeah. Something that makes sense. Which is leaving a cliffhanger, right? For the cybot family to join in the in the sequel in part two. Um and then brings exactly what Josh is saying, the the tech technical versus magic and all that stuff. Okay. Is, yeah. It was a lot a lot that they skipped. 
Katie, I clearly got some experts on the show to talk Mortal Kombat. You I am did, man. So, Congratulations. I'm combat it out. Like, Leo is uh, an expert. I, uh, we know Josh is an expert because you can listen to Josh regularly on Geekscape Games. And, you know, this dude is a total expert. And he was also celebrating the fact that the PS Vita store has not been closed down. So that's good news. I thought of you whenever I saw that. Josh, I was like, congrats. You uh, live to download weird like games again <laughs> i was about to drop i was about to drop 200 bucks on a psn card and just go crazy yeah you don't have to anymore the ps vita store is still active oh. which was some crazy news josh you're the only person i know who owned a ps vita and continues to play it that is amazing uh you can find out more you can like explore more of josh's adventures in video gaming on the geekscape games show it's bi-weekly here on the geekscape network um leo I like having you on the show, man. I think you're. I think you're gonna stick around. I think you'll be back. All right. You think so? Yeah, yeah I like having you on the show, man. You're opinionated. You're. Uh, you're a good dude. You know your stuff. You definitely did the 20 years of Mortal Kombat research necessary to talk about stuff it, like the techno box, whatever the heck that was. It chose me. It chose me. Mortal Kombat chose me at this point. <laughs> it's his arcana. Fair. Yeah, that's my icon. Yeah, I have the dragon tattoo. <laughs> I was like, wait, do you? Oh, I got no, so but, yeah, imagine that'll be awesome, right? Okay, last cool. question. Last question before we wrap it up. Jermaine Carson says, who would you like to see in the sequel? Katana. Please. Thank you. Her Please. fan was in the background at one point. I'm like, why is her fan just sitting well, there? They're Where teasing is she? her. They're teasing her. Like, why are you teasing her main I, character? I think well, that yeah. may be the only fan in this movie at this point after what y'all thought of the film. That may be the only fan still involved. Yeah. I would like to see Baraka. I would love to see Baraka and how because because Baraka's I guess um, species is really important also because that's how Melina was invented. It just makes no sense to me. But I would like to see. <laughs> I would like to that, see Baraka for sure. That's what drove me crazy about Melina getting killed. I'm like, you haven't introduced Baraka or Katana, and she's apparently and she's dead, dead already. already. Like, what? It just, yeah. But yeah, Baraka, that's my answer. Katie? I don't know if I'm going to watch a second one. I've barely got through the first one. Yeah. I feel. I, here's the thing, though. Like, the actors, you know, the martial arts were really cool and like they yeah. they brought it they they literally brought it and like i cannot fault them for that uh there are some things that i can absolutely fault in the process in terms of the writing um <laughs> but i don't know i don't even know i don't even know if i would watch a second one i'm not gonna lie no the answer i was looking for was tales to be in the spoilers josh was kind of close josh was kind of close I'm that. more protective of Sonic's mm-hmm. too. <laughs> the, the no, Sonic Sonic's did us justice. I I can't wait for it this. Did. For I loved it. Yeah, and, I, uh, I I enjoyed it. And now the t- the team behind Minions and Despicable Me are in charge of the Mario uh, film, so I'm excited about that one too. Yeah, and uh, like maybe maybe we're gonna start getting some good video game movies. But as Josh said, like while well, video games become the dominant entertainment franchise. We'll see how much actual investment they put into making the movies good because the money's being made in video games. All right. Thank you for joining me, y'all. You can find Katie on this show every week. Um, You can also follow her on her socials at... L Sassy Pants. E-L Sassy Pants. S-A-S-S-Y-P-A-N-T-S. Sometimes Z if you're going on TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, for that story, you do need to listen to Katie on Geekscape Games because somebody got herself kicked off a tiktok <laughs> I, uh, I had to put that z on there <laughs> josh has not been kicked off a of geekscape 
He just hasn't been in a while, but you can find him online at, where can you find you? At Inu Joshua across all social and gaming platforms. Okay. And then Leo, you can find him uh, pretty much on Clubhouse all hours of the day, not being like at all uh, productive. So I guess I don't have to say anything, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Where can we find you, brother? Where can we find you, brother? Oh, Facebook and Instagram, the same thing, Lionel Severino. The only difference is Instagram, you just have to put an underscore in between my first and last name, Lionel Severino. All right. And you can find all of them hanging out in the Geekscape uh, Forever group on Facebook. We're on Geekscape. We're on this. Uh, just search for Geekscape on Twitter and on you know Instagram, especially on your favorite podcatcher. We got like 12, 13, 14 shows across all sorts of pop culture interests from music to I don't know, horror movies to filmmaking. We got it all here at Geekscape and we're adding shows all the time because Matt Kelly cannot be stopped. That's his, um, or kind of whatever it's called. I'm Jonathan. (laughs) This is my little network and these are my friends and you're our friends too. Thank you for joining us for Geekscape. We'll see you next week. uh, I think from Austin, my hometown. I wonder what the show is going to be. I have to plan that, but it's been awesome on this one. And so hit that subscribe button and share it with your friends. Leave us that five-star review, all that stuff. You've heard it before. Do it. Peace, everybody. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.